Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Live. Hi, everybody. This is Sue Meyer. We're having another episode discussion of theology, quantum theology, Christ, and our willingness to use faith to get through difficult times, as most of us are right now. And Linda, go ahead and start saying again. Could you say that part again about the glorious feeling when you're oh, connected? Yeah. yeah. When I have usually through prayer and meditation, really reach that that connection to my higher power. It is the most, there's a glorious, um, you just feel like it just, just a glorious, open, joyous feeling and freedom, just total freedom. I don't know, freedom, I guess, from the turmoil that we feel during our days. But, um, this is just, it, it, that connection is the most precious, um, comforting connection I've ever felt. It's when I really can connect with God, with my higher power. And that, um, it, I, hopefully that's where we all get to go, is that, that open, joyous feeling that it just opens up for us. It just opens up wide, if that makes sense. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like the skies yeah. open up, or the... You know, just this is this is glorious light for us. You know, I, I love that light, that light that can come and co- sort of envelop us. You know, it's yeah. just it's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful feeling. Yeah, I have something to uh, contribute. Uh, I have a story. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, okay. I was taking a walk just the other day. Um, just beautiful surroundings in, in a rural rural uh, area, really foresty, lots of old trees and farm animals. <laughs> there were lots of uh, farm animals, goats, uh, alpacas, uh, cows, um, uh, sheep, really, really cute little farm animals. And they were so, um, I guess they were so safe, they felt so, so uh, safe that they let they let me pet them. A little Aww. pony came up to me. Aww. Yeah, and and the little sheep. And I was amazed. That never Aww. happened to me, you know. And then I was I continued my walk, and I passed this house, and this goat was um, in the front of the house, and it looked like it was a like a pet, like a regular pet, because it was alone, and it didn't have any other farm animals around. It, was just, it had like something around its neck, like a bandana, like it really was a house pet, you know? And I looked at it, and it was miraculous. I looked at this, this beautiful, cute little goat that looked like a, like a regular domesticated uh, pet, and my heart opened. My heart just opened wide, and I felt this love, this this incredible love, you know, like Wow, you know, you know, 
you, you, you know, an epiphany. I just like, wow, this love, like as if I was looking at, you know, I was like, you know, like, you know, like my beloved. So, which tells me that God is could be anywhere in a goat that I just meet, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I mean, I, I was actually not. I was actually past the house already. I turned my head and I see this. I see this goat. And it was just uh, a beautiful, beautiful experience, in which I, I, I said to myself, you see, Amy, your heart can still open. You can still feel the profound love, that profound love that you yearn for all the time. I just felt it. I just felt that connection to, and oneness with the universe. Because really that goat is, it's nature. You know, it's just alive, and it's pure, and it's uh, innocent, you know. That's what I felt. Those are all those feelings of this pure love. And even if it was just for uh, 20 seconds, I felt it. And I hadn't felt that in a long time, and it was unexpected. I wasn't practicing for it. I wasn't I wasn't praying for it. I wasn't thinking about it. It just happened because I was ready. I was doing some movement. I was walking around swinging my arms, and it was a really nice day and quiet and peaceful, and there it happened, you know. And so uh, I just never know when I'm going to feel that, you know, that, that I don't have to have a lover or 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 a, or a best friend to open my to to the mirror of my heart being opened. I don't need it's just a goat. <laughs> that is <laughs> fabulous, know? boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, yeah. And, and well, if you. Can... Love can come in many forms, you know. You can lay yeah. down on the grass and love the sky and love the clouds and feel that this is God's creation, every bit of it. So you can love whatever you love. You're loving him, his creation, and every animal, know. every bird. You never yeah. know. You never know when it's going to, when you're going you never. I was telling somebody at a meeting this morning, I, one day I was driving home, back up north with my dog, and we came around a corner, and these incredibly gorgeous pink clouds were sitting there. They looked like cotton candy. They were just gorgeous, and they literally had a silver lining, and I'd never seen anything like it before, haven't since. And I don't know why I mentioned my dog. I just adored that dog. And it was it was such a special experience to share with him, but it was like it just was kind of... It, you're right, Sumaya, you can love, we can feel that loving feeling or that glorious, but it just it kind of comes in and sweeps us up or something. It's an energy that just, it's, it's so amazing, and it's, it presents itself in the darndest ways, but it sure does, doesn't it? Well, yeah, and that um, reminds me of something we were talking about before, that um, because of all the frequencies and the trials and tribulations that we go through, that we are getting closer to God, and that means that the veils are getting thinner between us and the higher realms. And as those veils get thinner, we are actually becoming more and more receptive to those blessings. And I mean that physically, literally, mentally, spiritually, on every level. Because um, I'll give you another example, and this is not new. We're becoming more sensitive, um, like 
about a month ago, I was just wondering how this all, you know, just going through a day, and I heard a, a soft, sweet whisper, it's going to be all right. Now, I'm pretty sure that wasn't V2K. It was like a peaceful feeling came over me, like, I know I can't see the end. I can't see the biggest picture, but they, somebody let me know. And it wasn't the first time, about two or three times this year. Then Neil told me the same thing happened to him on the same week. He was in his garage working on a project, not thinking about it, and he heard, it's going to be all right. You know, soft, not dominating, not controlling, not trying to get you to do anything voice, but a very just sweet, comforting, Holy Spirit voice like, I know you can't see it right now, but it's going to work out. Everything is going to work out. Beautiful. And those, I don't, go ahead. And you never know. Yeah, you never know when that moment is going to come, you know. It's it's sometimes the least that you expect to come to you is when the gifts come to you. When you're least expecting love, when you're least expecting money, when you're least expecting promotion in your job, you know, then it's like, oh, wow, there's an empty space there. Let's move in. So I, I encourage people to have faith because that gives you the freedom to be open and allow those blessings to come through. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. And and I have the faith that everything is going to work out. Uh, I've always had that faith all my life, you know. And I, it's, uh, I still have it being targeted. I still know in my heart of hearts that um, I everything's going to be okay. You know, even even in my direst circumstances, even in my um, even in, in in the you know dehumanization of my life, and um, you know, and um, the the no privacy thing, and the lack of control of um, of um, just a lack of control. I, I don't have less. I have less control now than I had before the targeting. Of course, I do. I, mean, I have no control over. Um, a miscreant low life breaking into my place and taking my vitamins, my brand new vitamins I never opened, which happened um, recently. You know, um, I have no control over it. You know, I do my best. I lock up, spend spend like Linda uh, a long time locking up, and then coming when I come back, I'm yeah. unlocking it up. And the same, the same thing, Linda. In like at least yeah. twenty minutes each time, <laughs> but still, but still, they found a way to get in with all my locks and um, my U locks and my cables. They found a way to get in, and today I, um, I changed that. I, I, um, I made it hard again to get in here. <laughs> so, um, you know, with a little help from my friends here. So, um, I, uh, yeah. So I just, it's kind of a constant, a constant, um, you know. Uh, a battle, you know, like an arm wrestle, you know, you know like a grappling uh, between good and evil. You know, it's like, um, as long as I'm alive, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best to protect myself, no matter what, no matter how many uh, ladder uh, rings I have to climb up, no matter uh, if I fall down a couple, I'm still gonna keep on walking up the ladder, because yeah. I'm alive. I'm alive, and I have free will, and um, I, I have a conscience. 
and I have love in my heart, and I know this is a little wrong what's going on, and it's unjust, and I want justice. And um, I, um, you know, so pretty much that's what, you know, prevailed in my life. It's about thinking about, you know, when I'm going to be free, how I'm going to be free, and, uh, you know, when things are going to, you know, turn around on, on, on the devil, you know? You know, when things are going to turn around on the devil, when the devil's going to fold. There's going to be no more devil, um, you know, at least in this, you know, in this scenario, and you know, in this, in this targeting realm here that we're all in, um, this roaster. And um, I, uh, so I, I have faith. I really do. I really have a lot of faith. And um, that's how I get up in the morning. And that's how I go to sleep at night with faith. And uh, it's just like it's not really knowing. It's just it's believing it's going to be okay. It's believing that as long as I do this right thing, as long as I, I, I live my life in a, in a right, you know, you know, righteously, and I don't, I don't harm harm myself or anybody else. It's going to be all right. I believe that that the very fact that you can continue believing, that's where the faith comes in. You know, you're believing yeah. it's going to be okay. I think that's faith. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how how could things not be okay if you're doing the right things? You know, yeah. if you're not if you're not harming. And if you're kind, and um, I mean, how can it not be okay? It's not possible for it not to be okay. Maybe we're also learning that maybe learning that we don't have control. It, while it's very frightening, it still it kind of forces us into having faith, you know, because self reliance doesn't always work. Hopefully, faith does. You know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, faith is you know, faith is. Always abundant. It's always here. It's always inside of us. There's not, you know, it's like joy. The same thing. Faith, joy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, I don't know what else is always in, inside of us. Faith, joy. What? There's a couple other things. I can't think of it right now. Um, love, love, love is always inside of us. The greatest of these is love. In Corinthians. Yeah, love. That's number one. Love. And just just believing in these things, you know. I don't even, you know, I'm not Christian, I, you know, so, and it's okay for those who are. I, you know, the only thing I'm against is evil. I don't care what anyone believes or, you know, or anyone's lifestyle. It's none of my business. I just, I just, um, I just, I just believe that um, if I, if I do the right things, if I live a good life, if I have ethics, integrity, and some morality, that uh, I'm going to be okay, you know, and um, um, you know, it's uh, just that's just the this law of the universe, you know. It doesn't matter what religion or what what spirituality uh, you, you conform to or you believe in. It's it's just a matter of just universal principles, universal laws, mm-hmm. and it just permeates every religion, whether it's Christianity, Judaism, Islam, really Hinduism, Buddhism. It doesn't matter. It's just universal laws. And love. Huh? Can I ask you, have you had um, a lifetime full of, like, inner knowing, just, like, understanding of things? Maybe you, maybe you came into the world with this, this gift of just being self-aware. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, kind of. Well, kind of. And in my astrology chart, I have a full moon. I have a full moon in my astrology chart, which means that I'm aware of a lot of things. 
I'm just uh, kind of gifted with a lot, a, lot, a lot of luminosity as far as what's going on. That's what a full moon means in astrology. So from that paradigm, you know, I'm just talking about uh, just one paradigm. You know, astrology is not everything. It's maybe 40, 50, 60% of things, but it's not everything. But uh, from that paradigm, yeah, I, have, I was born with a full moon. And that's oh, kind of a gift. What about your own, if you, you were asking yourself that question now, Looking back on your lifetime so far, do you believe you've had this um, inner connection with a knowledge greater than yourself somehow? Yeah, I, I always, I, I was, I was a loner a lot when I was a kid, and I always felt like self-sufficient. I always felt like everything was going to be okay, even though yeah. things outside of me weren't always okay. Um, I always knew it was going to be okay. It was just something I, I had. I had to derive it when I was little. I had. I had to muster that up because that's how I. I went on. You know, I was pretty much raising myself you know, in a lot of ways, and um, so I. Uh, you know, I. Um, I just believed. I, I just always knew there was a lot more than what I knew in the moment, and I was going to get to it. I was going to find out what's going on out here. You know, I always I was always hungry for knowledge and uh, just just to know about life in, in, in different different fashions. You know how well other people were living their lives, and I was just hungry for knowledge. Always hungry for knowledge. Well, thank you for sharing your story. I really enjoyed hearing about your connection with the animals. I think yeah. animals have a greater sense, uh, an intuitive sense, where they. Um, they do communicate on that level, and I think they're very much sensing how safe and wonderful a person you are and the fact that the animals are coming to you like they are. Well, thank you so much for that. That really warms my heart, really. Yeah. Where are you from? What state are you, what state are you from? Oh, Massachusetts. Oh, I, was, I spoke to you. I've spoken to you before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, you sound you sound much calmer than you have in the past. Um, do you call yourself Massachusetts? I do. Okay. Well, you sound a lot lot more uh, calm and uh, uh, and uh, I guess um, uh, hope more hopeful and more accepting. Is that true? Um. Well, the state that I'm in right now is after spending a wonderful day at the beach. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Got, got it. Got my feet in the water, up past my knees. Um, got it. It really, really helped just being in that really loving, accepting environment. So yeah, and I am tired. So both of those things are contributing to my state of mind right now. Yeah. Oh. That well, was it's amazing. <laughs> amazing how you stay up so late. Um, I really admire that. You're, you stay up. It's uh, three hours later than it is here on the West Coast. Thank you. Yeah, I should probably call it quit soon, but the conversation was going so great. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. wanted to say that that was that interesting question. I was I was talking to my sponsor this morning about the fact that when I was about seven, I knew that there was something much bigger. I can remember them where I was when I realized this, I, I just knew that there was something so big out there. Um, and I could, and I always sort of knew things. I, I don't know how or why, but I always kind of just knew things. Um, 
but I didn't really, I don't know why I knew it. I knew these things, but it was just, I don't know. I just connected with something that was much bigger than myself, and I loved it. And I was a little one when I did that. So, yes, um, it's interesting how we as, as children probably probably start out that way. That's a great question. I think so, too. And you've taken me back to my childhood, too. There was this point, and I was probably about seven, you know, something like that. And I remember thinking all of a sudden, I mean, I grew up in the church, you know, so I knew I knew Christ, I knew Jesus, but I had not, you know, made any commitment or anything. But I think this had something to do with just his showing me something about myself because all of a sudden one day I was thinking, who is this? Who is this? What is this person looking out, you know, at the world between these two holes in my head, my eyes? You know, it's just the whole idea, your self-image, I guess, comes just, it, it came like lightning. It was, I never thought about it before, and all of a sudden I was. I was considering, who am I? <laughs> and it was, um, I knew that there was more to me than just doing what mom and dad wanted me to do or, you know, misbehaving or, or coloring in my coloring book. I just knew that there was a lot going on in here that um, I, I didn't understand, and but I didn't know myself because I was thinking, I, I'm a creature. I'm, I'm some kind of, <laughs> I'm some kind of a creature, and it was, um, it was just phenomenal realizing. I, I don't know how to put this into words. I mean, I can talk about, <laughs> I can talk about my faith a lot better, but that moment was something like, like Linda's talking about that too. Um, that all of a sudden I realized I was a lot more than just a little girl, you know, who went to preschool or <laughs> kindergarten and did things and understood and did what, did something or didn't do something, went to bed when I was supposed to. There's really a lot going on in me. And I think it's a, it's a wonderful thing for a kid to be able to, um, to be able to realize that and, and go with it, you know, um, if all of a sudden somebody comes in and said, clean your room, line, you know, that sort of thing. It would have taken it away from me. But it was just my daydreaming time. It, it just kept going that day, I guess. Uh, ever since then, it, it's been nice. I guess I've realized that I am myself. I'm an individual different, you know, in some ways from everybody else, although I can connect. And it's a, I guess it's a lifelong journey, learning um, learning what makes us up, what we're what we're made of, and what we can do, and what we um, we're limitless. Hmm. You know, it's weird. That's not biblical. I usually talk biblical <laughs> enough because that's what I believe. That definitely, mm-hmm. you know, that he pinpointed it. He wrote us a book, and he told us what it's all about. But that particular moment was something I hadn't thought about in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for bringing it up. It's probably, well, we're, we are limited until we are of God. You know, we're as we're linked with God, we can do things and these things and more. As Jesus said in John 14, you will do these things and more if you follow this 
path, you know. But until that time, we're just human beings trying to be in control of stuff. So it has to be a distinction there. Because a lot of people think they're limitless, but they're just in their bodies and they're not connected. You know, they're not really, they're not acting in faith. They're acting out of their own ego, trying to control things. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, I was thinking something along the similar line, um, Lonnie, when you were talking, um, what I connected in with for you is that you may have, in fact, discovered the God within yourself or the God was within you. And you sense the limitlessness of that godliness that connection and that's what you tapped into like I can understand you wanting to stay in that state all day if you could or even longer it sounds wonderful I like the way you put that your limit how did you say that limitless within oneself yeah created in his image we, we all we all have a spark uh, and, and I guess we all have a moment when we realize that limit limitless within ourselves is that the way you said it Yeah. Oh, yeah, I I can't remember exactly what I said. Is anybody else? <laughs> <laughs> well, we sense that spark inside us mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. you know, that fuels, fuels our will. But it, it, that's where we learn how much is our will and how much is his. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you can bang on the door of a certain route, and it's not opening. Uh, you have to turn it over to his will, and he'll open the door that he wants you to go through, which has a bit of surrender involved. Mm-hmm. That's true. But that doesn't mean that we have to be passive our whole lives and just wait for things to show up. We have to do our part, but you won't know what your part is until you try. And asking for direction, too. Asking for direction for me is very important all the time, you know, right. all the time. Please, God, thy will be done, not mine, because I don't know where mine will take me, but your will is better, you know. Mm-hmm. Your will knows. Anyway. That's true. That's right. So I found that phrase uh, in Daniel while you were talking. I put it in the chat room, and I'll read it to the people who are just listening. In Daniel 11.35, this is one of my favorite parts for us, you know, as people who are suffering. Daniel 11, line 35. Some of those who are wise shall fall to refine them and to purify and to make them white even to the time of the end because it is yet for the time appointed. Then, as you scroll, it goes to chapter 12, 2. All these prophecies are end-time prophecies. 12, 2. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. 12, 3. Those who are wise shall shine as the brightness of the expanse. And those who turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Hello, Daniel. That may be my favorite. It's my favorite Old Testament book. Mm -hmm. John 
in the New Testament, but that is the one, having studied it, made me realize the authenticity of the whole thing. Because um, Daniel wrote, Daniel wrote, I think 200 years before Alexander the Great came along, described his his conquering um, the world and exactly how his um, the the guys who um, came after him divided his kingdom because he died young, he was cut off. That is so pinpointed in history, and it's so accurate that for 1,500 years. Um, most historians, you know, said that uh, it had to have been written after the fact, you know, in second century, something like that. But now they have dug up evidence that what Daniel said was um, from an eyewitness rather than just writing history. He was right there. <laughs> he called, uh, let's see, chapter, I can't remember what chapter it is, but when he talks about Belshazzar, King Belshazzar, well, all historians for 1,500 years never heard of Belshazzar, but they dug up something, some Babylonian text that say something about King Belshazzar and that the real king, the last king, was uh, Nabonidus or Nabonidus or something. And what he liked to do was further his, his, um, his religion in different parts of his kingdom. And he was over in another part of the kingdom, and he left it in charge of uh, Belshazzar in charge. So he was called king. So when Daniel came and interpreted the writing on the wall, Belshazzar said, I will make you the third highest in the kingdom. Well, nobody understood why he said third until they dug up that thing that said King Belshazzar and explained that he was his son, Nebuchadnezzar's son. So that was the that was the highest designation he could have given Daniel was third highest in the kingdom. It's just that, that book. I mean, I always believe the Bible, but when it came down to concrete facts, historical facts like that, it just blew me over, mm-hmm. and I can't get enough of it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard a story. Um, I think it was on K Love Radio. I listened to that. Got really good contemporary Christian music, and uh, I use it to lift my spirits and just to get through. And um, I think it was there, or I heard the story that um, when it was time for Joshua to take the people into the promised land of milk and honey, that they had to cross the Jordan River. And when he got the signal, the river was raging was like, are you sure this is, I mean, this is not exactly the safest time to pass. It was, you know, you have to take the people across, and they had chariots and horses and goats. You know, how are they going to do that? But that was the time that he was told, go when it's the roughest time. And then he entered the promised land. That's what we're going through. I I feel... That's what we're going through. You know, cross over this raging river, and then you'll have your promises. You know, you'll you'll be given a place in heaven, in the many mansions of God. But this is just a rough river we have to cross. 
is that the time that, um, let's see, they were able to go across on some stones or something, something like that one time. There was some pretty interesting things happened during that period of time with Joshua. Oh, yeah, a lot of things happened, yeah. Um, Brought down the walls by circling seven times and blowing the trumpets. Yeah. Well, actually, it's proven now that you can use sonic weapons to break up rocks. <laughs> but yeah. back then, it was just like blow your horns and circle the city seven times, and it'll be yours. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I had a friend who brought a shofar back from, from Israel, and um, he let me blow it. They're pretty loud. I mean, I can't yeah. imagine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but it takes practice to blow it, you know, to use them. Uh-huh. A lot of practice, yeah. Well, I was, Out of lungs. Ella Fitzgerald, who could, was it Ella Fitzgerald who could sing a certain note in black glass? You know, black of glass? Oh, um. Somebody could. I'm not, I don't remember, but yeah, it sounds familiar. Uh-huh. Could be. Opera singers can practice that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, acoustics are known to lift objects. I've seen video where they're able to lift um, water through frequencies. Wow. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're taking that technology to its lowest levels with what they've been doing. With it was it was acoustics that um, they were using on me first, first thing, and I knew it was because. When I came home, it was after I'd had some warnings, but uh, I came home and just in my bedroom, not in any other part of it. It was a two-bedroom apartment. But in my bedroom, there was this very loud ohm sound. just very loud. And I closed the door. I went into the other bedroom, and the wall was adjacent. I just stuck my ear against it, and I could tell it was going on there, you know. So... That's why it was. I was really fortunate, and so I got on the internet. This is way back, two thousand three, I guess, and um, I I typed in um, sound weapons, and it came up. There was a website on the East Coast where a guy had been, um, you know, had had been targeted, and he called it. Um, his, the name of it was. Ultrasonic American Secret Police. And um, he described everything that was going on with me. So I was very fortunate to find out right away that it was all technology, you know. And um, I really feel bad for people who, you know, run around for a long time thinking something may be wrong with them. I immediately was able to know it wasn't. So that was fortunate. Anyway. Anyway, they use sound, sound weapons, and they've oh, yeah. taken it to another level now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what's separating us, you know. If we had the same energy, if we had the same money, I, mean, I pose this question to myself. If I had millions and billions of dollars at my disposal, how would I spend it? Would it be to attack anybody? No. That's what separates us. 
Mm-hmm. Why? We could, guess, we could use energy for healing. We could use the same technology for healing, for curing diseases, for bringing the level of intelligence up. For We could be using it to um, organize people for great things. Mm-hmm. The same energy. Just direct it in another way. Yeah. That have y'all ever um like with me they will um attach like an image to a certain emotion. Like they've they've got my EEGs down so good, like so if I think about the past they'll put some kind of bizarre visual with it. Like if they use this technology to like people who are depressed, suffering from depression or anxiety or mental institutions, like if they attach positive imagery to their negative emotions or remote neural monitor them uh, to make them happy, you know, it's like you you see the way the dark protocol has an infinite level of evil. Um, It's the other way, too. Like if we get this technology out to the public, there is an infinite level of good that we could do. And, and infinite levels of learning that we could really learn about each other. And it's it's so sad. I mean, because when it's hidden like this, it's infinite levels of darkness that they can do with it. You know? Like, I mean, there, there's just... The sky is the limit and then beyond, you know, what this could do. You know, the good things it could do. I've thought of that so many times when they're when they're messing around with my mind with remote neural monitoring. I'm like, man, you could you could heal people who have bad, you know, psychological disorders. I mean, heal them without medicine. You know, you could know exactly where an Alzheimer's patient is. Um, you know how they think and how they remember things. You could give them the right kind of medicine. Uh, people who've never seen before, you could tap into their visual cortex and let them see. You know, people who've been blind their whole lives. I mean, it's just the things that the good things you could do with this. The sad thing I think is that they are, you know, doing some of this good stuff with it. Um, we're just we're experiencing the the torture protocol. You know, I think it's the the sad thing is they are experimenting with that good side. You know, probably even on unsuspecting citizens. Like there may be even citizens out there who they just do a a happy protocol, and they don't even know that they're being affected with this stuff, and they're always happy, and it's just, it's like this equipment. Um, but we got to, you know, torture and hurt us and make us feel bad, you know. Hopefully one day, though, it will come out into the public, and once it's, once it's out of the shadows, then and, and the public can, like, come up with ideas, and neurologists and, you know, psychiatrists and stuff like that can get their hands on it. I mean, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be incredible. Yeah. Well, they already do. I mean, I know that they've mm-hmm. done some healing work on me just to keep me going. I know that other TIs have called in and said they had some kind of lump or a tumor and they go to the doctor and suddenly it's shrunken to nothing and it can't be found just before they get there for the diagnosis. So they do keep us going with that, you know, they'll heal a disease and then they'll start another one and then heal that one and start another one just to keep the contracts. 
See, sadly, mine don't. Mine just run me down with it. There's no, they don't heal me up. Like, I have to totally, you know, scrape through and, you know, get defenses. I, you know, I think there is that protocol, though. I think they do do that with some of our individuals. Like, sadly, yeah, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't experience that. Mine are very, they're vicious and, you know, this guy wants me to go on and stuff like that. But I think they do. I think some, I, I think actually some of the, I guess, tortures, if you you want to call them that, um, you know, they do, they, they build, they do, they'll give you time off and build you up, you know, so then they can, they can tear you back down again because they're, they're more concerned about learning about like mapping your personalities and your mind uh, rather than killing you, you know, but I, I yeah, well, well, that's what it, that's how it sounds according to scientists like Dr. Duncan and his protégés like Brian too. I believe that a lot of that is where they started, but it has devolved so significantly that most of this is torture for no reason. I don't believe there's a whole lot of science left, and if they wanted to R&M anybody, they could do it in six months. It doesn't take 15 years of torture to find out how somebody's going to react. Yeah. That's yeah. and I don't believe that there's a whole lot of science left in that. I think that I think it's a virus gone out of control. So I'm just gonna you know, I just wanna put that little piece in there. I know that sounds angry, but it is, you know? Because if this was real science it would have been over already for each of us. Well yeah, I mean, and you know, I mean you're yeah. you're in your rights to be angry about it because it's like with me they they could have remote neural monitored me, surveilled me saw how I thought, I'm a normal guy, I want a normal family, I'm good, you know, I want good for people. Surveilled that, remote neural monitoring, said, okay, this isn't worth it. But now what they're trying to do is they're trying to make me a bad guy. They're trying to remote neural monitor bizarre stuff in there, hurt me real bad, and use it as a false flag. So they're not getting real data. The guy has to lie about why he's even keeping going on me. Um... So, so you're rhyming. It, you have the right to be angry, and it's not. It's not bad. It's not like, you know, to get angry about it. It's natural. But I mean, what y'all are talking about with fools, you know, tapping into that unconditional love. It's so important. But I mean, you know, we have the right to be angry. I mean, we're being murdered. You know. So. What I'm saying. Well, no. What I'm. It's just that. Um, okay. First of all, I'm coming off of like 15 hours of torture, so you have to remember that part. And I opened the call anyway. But here's the thing. When people say, oh, it's science and they need more research, really? I mean, how much data are they going to pack into those underground dump sites on innocent people who are just trying to get, you know, just kind of trying to go to the grocery store? I mean, what kind of science well, well, is that at this point? Well, if you're talking about greed, it's a bottomless pit. And, and they certainly are, you know, the epitome of greed. So if, if we're talking about the the concept of greed, it's endless. It's just, you know, there's there's there's, there's no end yeah. to greed. And That's so right. yeah, well, well, we have the technology, we have the quantum computers, what have you. So we're going to store and store and store all this data, and uh, you know, and we can do it. So we're going to do it. And and you know, I have another theory that that. In this new world, I, I think we're we're already in this new world order. I think it's ready. It's already begun. It begun quite some time ago, and I think this is a way of imprisoning people that they can't put us all in the old-fashioned prison system. I mean, in the physical, you know, thing we you could see, feel, touch. Everybody can see a 
a prison a prison uh, facility. They can't put us all in there. There's no re- they have no reason to put us in there. So instead, they 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 call us miscreants. They call us you know misfits. Uh, you know we're not worthy. Well, for whatever reasons that they make up about us. Uh, you know, for a whistleblower, for for an advocate, activist, or just for someone who's unfortunate to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, for a victim of revenge, who knows what, uh, or they just make something up. Uh, they just make something up about us. They, they they can't put us all in prison, so this is what they're doing. That's why they're doing all this stuff because they want people in prison. So we're in electronic prisons. That's my theory. Well, they want it under they want it under control, and that's, that's a right. broad term, you know. Keep yeah, control so. over towns and cities and economies, and chemistry and everything else. It's just about control and greed, of course, because greed and control go together. Yeah, of course, but, um, of course, it's about all that, and and so and so like we could speculate here until the cows come home. You know, it's like who really knows? I, I think we're, I think we're all right. It's it's Victimizing us 
uh, torture, things of that effect, um, trying to induce some kind of stimulus and um, response that they can read, uh, get some kind of reaction. I understand all that. Now, my understanding of the brain-computer interface was that these types of artificial computers are different from humans and that they don't run on emotions, they don't they don't understand human emotion. And then the other part of it is they have no self awareness, they have no conscience. Conscience. Brian mm-hmm. mentioned that the new computer that's being um developed is a conscious computer. So it has a it has it has a conscious or it has a conscience. I gotta figure out which he meant. And that just blew my mind because I thought to myself, well, that may be why all this stuff continues. He said it's never going to stop, number one. Don't don't even fool yourselves because the only way out of this is through Jesus Christ and your belief in God, um, mm-hmm. which I do agree with. I think that's the most powerful thing we have going for us. If you've got that, a power greater than ourselves or God or something, your faith in that, that's what's going to get you through this. But he said, they will never shut it down. It will never be shut off. And um, unless it goes into mainstream educating awareness and everybody knows about it and gets horrified and finds it to be an intolerable way of making people suffer, then I think people will understand it can happen to them too and it will be shut down. So... I still have faith and belief and hope that it will be shut down. But the conscious computer aspect of things, that's a whole new realm. That's like that's like a whole new level of um, a type of computer, a supercomputer. And I'm totally interested if anybody has more info on that on this call tonight but, or if you've done the research and have more. But I do want to research that more. Well, I haven't done exactly uh, – I haven't really researched that particular angle of it, but here's what I could think it would lend itself to, and that is every once in a while – now, here, this is a little more advanced than before – that we are in a soup of data and plasma physics where they can embed – visual, auditory stimuli, they can overshadow a person and make them into another personality. Um, Neil has described this. I've seen it happen. It's almost like, now you have to imagine this. It's almost like a person is going about their day and they're possessed in a way by a figment of somebody else's personality which goes through their electrical system embeds itself. We know what embed is like, right? To embed a code. So the code is embedded into your neural network and you start thinking like that other personality. And you know they're downloading memories, emotions, um, physical responses, right? So how easy would it be for them to overshadow somebody with a, a separate personality? And then lift it off, just like uh, just like they left it, you know. Um, lift that veil up again, that personality 
is um, ejected and the person goes back to who they are and they go about like, what happened? I don't know. That was, was that me or was that something else, you know? Well, my feeling is that the conscious computer aspect of that fear is they can they can embody a personality or possibly 20 or 30 different personalities into a plasma field of consciousness and make it work. So that consciousness, which might be, it might harbor memories and feelings from hundreds and thousands of people. Just imagine how big that mind would be. And then what could it do? That's what I think we're working on now. Just trying to figure that part out. They're not going to tell us this. The ultimate goal, though, is not, um, isn't it, transhumanism? These people want to live forever. They want to live forever. And they believe that um, technology is going to allow them to do this, to replicate their their own self-being until it keeps going and going until they are robots with their original self um, enhanced, you know, enhancing or um, empowering the robot. This is sick. This is completely, totally sick. And that's why I believe that Jesus will come back soon because we are, we are very intelligent. We have a huge amount of knowledge. We have so much knowledge and we left our wisdom way down there on the ground. Our level of wisdom is is so low. Our level of knowledge is so high. It's like is it Nick Vegich who said we're like we're like kindergartners playing with uh, hand grenades. We're just hmm. um, we we are not that highly developed mm-hmm. creatures to handle this. And I don't. I would I would appreciate it. I would I would love it if. I, I'm sorry, sir. I can't think of your name in uh, in Louisiana. I would love it if if people, if I thought people, could really uh, do this and do it well. But I believe it's gone the way that um, we take everything. <laughs> We've taken everything to go downhill. Gunpowder, and we started killing people. We were supposed to be, you know, hunting for animals or something. Just everything we do uh, goes downhill. I don't have that much faith in human beings as a, um, you know, as a whole. And I, I think that's why we do need to rely on the Lord, on God. And Jesus did say that he would come back. And I don't really feel very far from there right now. Well, that would be nice. <laughs> that would be I, real nice. You read Revelation. You were reading. Uh, weren't you reading a little bit about Revelation? Yeah. It's. Um, I believe we're right around the corner. As far as the people who really study it, you know, and study the prophecy and all, and they say there is nothing really left. That um, these you know milestones that are but we're supposed to cross before it happens. There's nothing left except that, and then I believe when his people are taken out of this world. This is the way uh, the Bible tells us. When his people are taken out of this world, the Holy Spirit goes with them because the Holy Spirit indwells his people. And when all of that is gone, 
that's when this technology will completely take over and people will have no defense, you know, that we've had for all along. Christians and churches are not doing as well as they should be doing. There's more I know that we ought to be doing in, in getting that word across. But um, I don't think we have that much longer to get better at it at this point. I'm sorry, I just well, don't think that's a human being. No, that, that's fine. You know, my, my belief has always been that Christ will come down as soon as your heart is open. So he doesn't have to show up on a horse or something. Like, everybody who's ready for him, he's right there. And so we don't have to wait. I mean, it might manifest in a whole other way, like you're saying, but I feel like people shouldn't have to wait for that future time when he takes, you know, takes on another body and comes to save us. It's, it's he's oh. right here. He's right here, you know. Yeah. He's here right now. We can't deny that. Oh, yeah, I agree there. Yeah, that's his Holy Spirit. But when we die, it says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So everybody, and it also says that everybody is to, uh, let's see, everybody is to die once and then the judgment. So we're, we're all, 100%, that's 100% for everybody. Everybody's going to die unless these transhumanists make robots that they can live in forever and ever. But everybody dies and then the judgment. But it also says for those who belong to him, uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's why the Apostle Paul said, you know, he said, I, I, I would, he, he was in a dilemma. I think he was in prison, getting beaten and that sort of thing. And he said, my dilemma is, would I rather go now or stay? And he said, I'm staying because I want to do the job that God has put me to do and to love and witness to, you know, the people he was talking to. But he said, it's much better to be with the Lord. So I, I'm okay. He comes for us individually, yes. But that's when we die. That's when we die. And then uh, we're with him. So that's what I believe. But he also said he will come back, and I believe he will take all his people. I do believe in a rapture. It's not, uh, the word is not in the Bible, but I have read so many passages that fit together, and they all fit together beautifully. Frankly, I hope the rapture is before all this technology goes haywire. And um, I believe it will, though. I'm sad to know that it will. Well, I also see that all this technology is like a house of cards. And it's very tenuously balanced between one agency and company and heads of office and executives and managers and personality. I mean, it's very tenuous. And I I don't think that it can hold itself up if it didn't have us feeding it with it with our love and respect for life. Because if we we stop, that whole thing is going to fall, and it might c- crumble on its own just for having a lack of substance, you know, lack of integrity. It might just all crumble down, and we don't have anything to worry about. Because you know, I I have some insight as to, you know, the rise and fall of empires. And this is just another one. I've said it on other calls. 
You know, mm-hmm. empires rise and fall, and they have a rhythm. They have a pattern. There are certain types of empires that show that show signs earlier than others. This country, well, this government is 200-something years old. That's kind of young, actually, mm-hmm. but it seems to be showing uh, evidence that it's about to crumble under its own top heavy weight. That's usually what happens. And it's not the first empire to rise and fall. There have been hundreds of them. I mean, where is Mesopotamia right now? You know, for instance, um, Mm -hmm. China has had several empires rise and fall. The whole Asian area has risen and fallen many, many times. They keep changing lines, and this is my country, and that's yours. No, now it's mine. I mean, the whole thing is just a playing of pieces. But eventually, it's all temporary. Every one of them has a a rise and a fall, and I'm counting on that. That's true. So you're counting on this country falling. And well, I don't want it. I don't want it to. I, I don't want this country to fall. I've had I've had chances to go to other countries, and I decided to come back here. I mean, I love the land, the resources, the people, the beauty, but it's maybe more the government, right? Yeah, I, I believe the government has been has been uh, turned in the wrong direction, though. I I do believe originally. If I go back to those original words that um, that began the country, although it wasn't implemented perfectly, I believe we have been working towards, you know, towards the good. I wrote a whole two-page letter. They don't they don't print in my newspaper. They don't print letters over 250 words, and I think mine's four or five times. But after everything happened, I went back to some, uh, you know, my childhood when I when I decided that people were the same on the inside. And it's the whole long thing about my crayon box, whether or not that sort of thing. But the country, I, I believe in this country. And I definitely believe that it, it's the greatest experiment in a nation in that probably ever, you know, has come about. Because usually they're kingdoms. I always go back to kingdoms, monarchs, and dictators and that sort of thing. But um, this country has forgotten, unfortunately, its commonality. Okay, when I I was little, I realized, because I lived in a Mississippi Delta town, and uh, I'd go to church, and they would say, Jesus loves all the little children. They're precious in his sight. And they go through all the colors, you know. So I got my crayon box out. Mother and I were talking one day, and I said, I don't look like white. That's not me. That's not me. And, and all the rest of the people I knew didn't look like the colors that said those colors. So I realized we decided, okay, Jesus loves everybody, and we're all really the same on the inside. That's the flesh color. So that worked. Okay. Martin Luther King came along about 10 years later, 15 years later maybe, and he said exactly the same thing, that we would be judged not by our uh, color, not how do you say it, Ten but the content of our character, by the content of our character. I love that. Uh-huh. That was exactly what I'd been kind of harboring all those years. And I thought, this country's going in a good direction. Okay, what happened right after that? The next decade, 
we started the me generation. They had a magazine called Self. Of all things, they called the magazine Self because it personified what the culture was doing. Okay. Uh, the people who were freed at the time that he was working civil rights and all that, okay, that would have been fine. But nobody wants to be the same as anybody else. And we got to be such individuals that everybody wanted their way. Everybody, um, let's see, everybody wanted their, to keep their culture. In the South, it was, uh, we're told to integrate everybody. That probably works better in some places than it did other places because they were already pretty well, uh, were next to each other anyway, lived closely together. But in the cities, it didn't work as well. And we've still got this problem. I believe it's because of all this individual compartmentalization that went. And uh, religions, every religion in the universe came into the United States. And everybody can believe this way and everybody believes that way. And it doesn't matter which one. We were based on Christian principles. If we don't go back to those basic principles, then I think this country will fall. But if well, we can back yeah. to that, we will survive. I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, there were some great principles that founded this country, and but that's how a lot of countries start out. We're going to be great. We're going to do, you know, everybody's going to have food. I mean, whatever the promises were, they're not doing it right now. I mean, we have to just take where it is now. And um, the principles are still good. You know, they are. I think right. people still. Alice said she still believes in Zeus. I mean, she still has has a patriotic kind of feeling toward the country. I do too. I know Brian's Brian's an ex patriot. He's he's gone. He doesn't. He wants everybody to go to some other country and live. But I think he's just lonely out there. He'd probably love to come back to this country. I've been in other places too. There is no other place in the world that I want my citizenship to be. Than in this country, it's just um, it's not just the beauty of it and what I um, the variety and the people and all. It's it's what it's based on, and it is different. It is different from any other country that's ever uh, been put together. Because if you go back, most of them are monarchs. You know, most of them are dictators, ours, that sort of thing. It's and that's what we went against. Uh, you know the king. We got out of got out of Britain because of the king. Yeah, but I, well, I think again, again, I mean, it could be that one government falls, another one comes in and takes up and puts it back together again. It could still work if they go back to the original principles. Okay, if you're worried about the technology, then if this country falls. What good is that going to do us? Because the technology is being used by other countries. It's an arms race. I do, you know, see that as an arms race where um, all the highly developed countries are working on it. If it's not Russia or China or, you know, probably North Korea, they may even have something. And they'd love to take out Seattle anytime. You know, so we've got, um, I, I wouldn't, tr- I can't think of another country. I would trust with this technology right now. So I can't blame it all, all on this nation. I believe they're just, I believe um, if the people 
the powers that be. Now, not just the compartmentalized people working who don't really realize what they're doing, you know, when putting on, but the powers that be are scared to death that Russia, China, uh, uh, another a belligerent Iran, somebody is going to get this and develop it better than we do. So that's why it may not stop with us, because they will say we have to keep going with the research or whatever they're doing with it at this point. It's good to develop, you know, sciences and knowledge and research, but there, it's not good to be using it against your own people. I mean, yeah. that, there has to be a clear line right there. Exactly. It's unconstitutional. We've got to go back to the Constitution. We need to go back to that. If we can do that openly, if you need to listen to this guy named Haney, our Constitution has been obliterated. Not just by this administration, but by uh, it started right after 9/11 for sure, um, and then I'm sure it went back before then. But he's got he's got facts and figures and information that um, I really admired what Snowden did, but he hasn't revealed everything, and he didn't stay long enough to compile this much stuff. But this guy was there from the beginning of Homeland Security. So he knows when things started going in a different direction. We have been fighting the wrong enemies, for one thing, and uh, his his research was curtailed at a certain point. In fact, it was deleted from um, 800 and something items were deleted to keep the agencies, like the FBI, um, from even addressing problems that he had already identified. It's um sick, really sick. And there were there were Republicans on this in the problem series. He said um they were uh chairman of the committee and he talked to they they investigated him nine different times and the Justice Department, uh his own department and another one I think had investigated him for doing too good a job. This is this is an incredible yeah. guy. Yeah, I mean, he's got. I, I can't wait to figure out how that's going to play out. It's um, going to be interesting. But I, I do think it will be appealing uh, in one way for our government. You know, some way to get all this stuff out in the open. But it's going to be a turmoil. Yeah. It's not fun to watch anyway right now, but. Um, well, my feeling is that it's not going to be about us this year. Um, the target, you know. Target people. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, the targeting is still there, but um, do you? What do you feel? What does anybody else feel um, about you know the near future um, world world events? Do you feel a war brewing? Uh, do you feel you know the economy up down? Which way? You know, what do you think? I've been talking too much. I hope it's good. Go ahead. Well, we still have, we have a few other people who could answer. Some of them are East Coast, so it's probably. But Vermont just came in. Texas is still here. Louisiana, Central Michigan, Massachusetts, and Oregon. Any of them? Anybody want to chime in on that? What do you feel is coming in the near future? 
um, world events, economics, environment. Um, yeah, I don't have a feeling about it. Um, I used to get impressions, but I don't anymore. Oh. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on that question. Okay. I've been reading the book. He's predicting some kind of weapon of mass destruction going on. He thinks the Pope is going to war, uh, war with um, ISIS, Islam, radical Islam. There really will be a literal, um, I believe the Catholic uh, calls a just war will start. And he believes 2016 there will be one big... Um, one big weapon of mass destruction. He, he didn't know which one it is. But this this guy this guy was he, he and his partner or his fellow author wrote a book predicting uh, about a year before that Pope Benedict would resign, which was phenomenal. You know because that was something that hadn't happened in hundreds of years. Pope Pope usually dies in office, and uh, the guy did it on the month right. Within those weeks that he said it was going to happen, um, they're pretty good at figuring out prophecy and putting it all together. But I don't know. I don't have a. I don't have a prediction for myself. I think it's going to be a rough presidential race, and I'm not sure um, what's going to happen there. Which is, um, I don't want to get political. <laughs> this is a weird year for that. Thing. Because we have just enough to worry about ourselves, let alone the rest of the world, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was getting an impression that we're headed towards war. And the reason I was getting that impression is because I know certain agencies who hit me and where they mark me. And when that particular agency is getting orders to move in, send troops, or or do something, I get hit harder in those spots. Mm. And um, I, I don't know how much I can say, but I think Europe is heating up, the Middle East, and the South Seas around China, all are getting mobilized. I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know which way it's headed and how long or how severe, but I do feel that there is a conflict coming. And I might be wrong. I'd like to be wrong because I know a lot of innocent lives are hurt, a lot of environments, trees, animals, you know, property damage. It's just unbelievable. I hate war. I don't want to see it but I feel something coming. And I'm getting the same feeling that I had before 9-11. Just before 9-11, I had no idea about world events, really. I would watch the news like everybody else. But I suddenly was getting this kind of feeling like it was time for me to close my office. I had a private practice and an office suite, and I was paying two rents. I said, I better start consolidating. I don't know why. It's just time for it to close down, and I'll work out of my house. And I did that in June of 2001, and then it was six weeks later 
that 9-11 happened and they started, you know, all those conflicts. Well, I have that same feeling now. Well, I can't consolidate anymore. I just live in a studio apartment with all my stuff, you know. I stopped traveling. You know, I'm as consolidated as I can be. But I'm still getting that feeling. And I don't know how it's going to show itself. And which part of the multi-level dragon head is going to show first, you know. I think there's a place in Revelation that says, like, the dragon has multiple heads, right? Well, you can take that as countries or you can take that as corporations or you can take that as super billionaires, something like that, right? What were you saying? I don't know. Are you talking about the Ten Nation Confederacy thing? Something about something about the multiple heads of the dragon, right? Okay. Um, I don't. So, I, don't I do believe though we've got to do something. There's got to be some, a retaliation for all this terrorism around the world. They just lost seventy six people in France today. They were celebrating. Oh, today? Oh, I missed that one. Yeah, a lot of these cities are having um, explosive events, literally explosive, and a lot of people are getting hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be retaliation of some sort. It's not. Um, but and that that might also coincide with economic changes, like we saw Brexit, right? And then suddenly the stock markets are going up and down, up and down. Nobody knows, you know, what should what should they do, right? What's the yeah. value? What's the value I got out of the stock market. I got out of the stock market in 1987. <laughs> I had invested what I had. I sold a house and I invested some of it. And then I took a six six week trip around the West because I've not been to. Washington, Oregon, California went on a whale watching expedition. I got home and the next day that was the first that was the first time that on the television you could sit there and watch the ticker tape go. And then I could call Charles Schwab and trade daily if I wanted to. You know, that was working fine. The day after I got home, it started crashing going down. I couldn't get Charles Schwab for three days. I thought this was the first. I, this emotional stuff that goes on um, that sends the stock market up and then back down and up and back down is something that I don't want to deal with <laughs> anymore. I know. So I, I, know. I can't, you know, I can't follow it as as an indicator because it's really a reaction to something else. You know, um, I know that everybody is worried about finances and what's it? Ron Paul said, you know, we need to get ready for financial disaster right now and we probably do but I, I think there's some good solid um, evidence that um, the world is just getting more volatile I don't like the fact that our country is being and I didn't get to this while ago when I was talking about the racial thing because I grew where races were you know but I do have that kind of trouble I live in an area now that we really don't there's only one black guy we look for him to play the part of driving Miss Daisy, and it's just only one black black guy in our whole county at one time. But uh, I grew up, I started off in Mississippi, you know, where 90% of the town were black and 10% were white, you know, different. But what bothers me now 
is that I believe that this racial divide is being fueled. And I'm not saying that Black Lives Matter is doing it. I think it's being fueled by some um, somebody who really wants this nation to divide because I believe that's where you divide and conquer. And that's the worst thing we can do right now is divide. Yeah, that's pretty obvious. Yeah. They're trying to separate the groups, the black to the whites, the the police versus civilians, the military versus everybody, you know, each other. And, yeah, they're dividing and polarizing, which is why, again, it brings us back to good and evil and why we're polarizing to the light rather than to the dark. You know, it's it's probably necessary, too, you know, every once in a while. But um, it, I know there... I don't know for sure, but I see it as an agenda of separation, like you said. Yeah. To get people riled up, to get them out in the streets, reliving the Civil War, the Civil Rights era of the 60s, and, you know, that's what's happening. It's the same thing all over again. Mm -hmm. And wars are being fought without reason, just like Vietnam. So it's like a recycling of those well, the sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm mixing up my words a little because I didn't get any sleep last night, so I'm, I'm just so I'm running on fumes at the moment. I'm sorry I'm well, not as articulate as I like to be. I'm not going to be either because I'm 70 and this is past my bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's my excuse. Uh, but I believe like, that can happen I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say the worst thing that can happen to this nation is to divide us. Now, we got together in World War II, and that's why we were able to conquer, you know, even though they infiltrated us and did everything else, we were able to stop that war, you know, and get together and do it. Black people weren't rewarded for it, you know, and we ended up with some Nazis coming over, that sort of thing. But I do believe World War II was the time when nobody wanted to go to war. My uncle died in Pearl Harbor, and if it hadn't been for Pearl Harbor, I believe the nation would not have gotten together and said, okay, we've got to get rid of this Hitler. But um, right now, I believe that our enemy, and I'm not going to say it out loud, but we do have an enemy, and I believe that enemy is um, wants us to be divided, and I believe that's a lot of what's going on right now between the races because... When this com- Once this country is divided, it will fall. There's no way we can um, get together and fight a real enemy if we can't get together on what is, is common to us, you know. Anyway, that's my, that's mm-hmm. my fear. For the yeah. Does anybody else uh, have an impression about the future or near future? Want to share? I oh, have like 20 people on the call. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like five of them are unknowns. So. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, I think the future is so unsure. Um, you know, like one person said that they, they thought war, you know, war was coming up, but we are at war. Like the world's at war. Like America's yeah. at war with a lot of countries and, 
it's kind of like the gas prices. You know, they raise the gas prices and they lower them a little bit, raise them up, lower them a little bit. And that's how we perceive war now. We think that we're at peace, but there's constant wars going on in the world. And it's like because of all this stuff they're doing and, you know, having wars for money and, you know, the struggles with Palestine and Israel, it's like the future's so clouded. Um, but what I see is that it's like no matter how dark it gets, like, there will always be good people on the earth. So it's like, even if it's clouded, you know, where we don't know where it's going, like, because I, like, this program, it's so hard to see, you know, if we're going to be able, I mean, like, I, I have hope that we'll get enough awareness out and that we may not stop it dead in its tracks, but we'll get enough awareness out so that it'll be reined in you know, enough, but there will always be other evils like this with technology growing at an exponential rate. But it's yeah. like, um, you know, hopefully hopefully a lot of the, the really bad stuff that's happening right now, the, the the majority of people in the world are so good that they'll, there'll be a backlash, like in France, you know, like the protests, but, but we'll find more peaceful ways to do it so that those things don't cause more violence and more anger, and people will have like a positive backlash to it, and then and then mm-hmm. something positive will come out of even the bad stuff happening, and that that's mm-hmm. like my hope. But like for me, it's like it's so unsure. Um, yeah, I go. I, I know, I'm a dork. I'm like a real big dork. So I think of what Yoda says. You know, one of the Star Wars. He's like, you know, cloud at the future is. Uh, uh, the, the dark side clouds everything. You know, it's so hard to see when so many people are doing bad things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but uh, but I, I mean, there's so many good people in the world that the, the chance for awareness and something good to come out of these things is so large. I mean, it's just the the percentage chance that we can get it together, you know, and and take control as a majority is just it's so great, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I see, I see hope for the future. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think we're gonna we're we're going through dark times. You know, we're going through really dark times now, but there will always be people to fight for good. Like not everybody in the world can be conditioned to just go along. Like some people will, they'll spend their lives fighting for good, and you'll always have that. And I guess I did. I when you said that, I kind of started thinking about Star Wars because I, I start thinking about like you know, how we are kind of becoming an empire, and there are going to be dark times. There are going to be, you know, standing armies and private armies and, you know, agendas and interests that are going to kind of repel us into an empire-like state, you know. Um, but just like just like in that movie, there were always, you know, rebels fighting for good, and there was always real good in the universe. I think a lot of people have trouble fighting for good because, there's pressures, there's financial pressures and political pressures and everything like that. Uh, but in the end, it's like that good can't be wiped out. You know, and it'll it'll always keep fighting. Like the world will never be full of people, you know, without morals. So, right. you know, I, I, see, I see hope for the, I see dark times where it's going to be hard to get things done. I think people might fall away from reason. For a while, and I'm a Christian. Like I believe in Jesus Christ, I believe in God, but I do believe that, like in my heart, uh, He calls on us to to act in the world. Like I mean, I, I don't. I'm not. 
and I don't know, I mean, y'all can comment on this, but you know, I'm not waiting around for the second coming of Jesus. Like, I'm, I'm, you know, in my heart, God's telling me, you got to act, you got to fight for what's right. He gave us all free will, and, you know, you know, maybe Jesus will come, but in that time, we can't just be waiting. You know, we still got to be fighting for good that whole time. Well, we have to choose what's right in the conflict, not just get taken by the wave. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I hope you're right. Well, mm-hmm. well, you know what? I when I'm feeling better, I usually have a lot more hope, and um, and I do think that it's temporary. Whatever the trouble is, it's like the dark clouds across the sun. You know, the sun is going to be there after the clouds pass. You know, you still have faith that the sun is going to be there. It's not going to fall apart, at least for another 5 billion years or something, you know. So Yeah, it's like this too shall pass. I think that saying is, right. I think it's, it's very true because, like, I mean, I had Crohn's disease since I was 10, and it's like, uh, you know, I fought it till I was like 20, 28, till around when I was you know, put in this program or whatever. You know, I actually beat it, and I haven't had Crohn's these come back while I'm being targeted, which is a blessing that I don't always thank God for. But, you know, while I was in that situation, I was like, man, this is, I'm not going to be able to beat this. Why, why did God do this to me? But did not actually beat it. You know, it, this too shot did pass and it prepared me for this. Like it prepared me for being a target. I've never, like I'm strong in this. I fought something like this, like all the time pain. Um, you know, my mind was kind of kind of different because it had already responded to trauma. So they, they've had a hard time, you know, with a lot of the remote neural monitoring stuff. They've really had to work at it. Um, and it's like I think a lot of us who are target individuals facing this, you know, God is preparing us. And there may be, you know, I don't want to say this because I hope for, for good things to come really soon. And you got to do that. But there may be darker times ahead, and, and he may be preparing us for that. He may be getting stronger, just like, you know, I had Crohn's disease, and it prepared me for this, to survive this and help other people, you know, put out my videos on YouTube, and really know that I had to fight it. Um, and he may be preparing us, you know. He may be like, okay, well, you know, look at, kind of look at this evil. This is the kind of evil that men are going to be doing, and they're going to have the power to do it. And we all see it as TIs, and we may be prepared to, you know, to tell other people what's going on better, you know, when future future issues arise that that you know are bad. So I guess that's all. I agree. That's well, good. I, that's good what you said. Yeah, I feel that um, some of us were maybe partly chosen because of our creativity and our spirituality in the first place. And that testing it and trying to keep us down so that we wouldn't stay connected. I think earlier I saw in the chat room uh, where somebody said it's to it's to squelch the higher dimensions of our being, to, to squash the higher frequencies of who we are and try to keep us encaged or held, you know, captive. Um, mm-hmm. So while we fight against that, we actually get stronger. So I think you're right about that. I agree with it. And, and it's like you know, um, you know, I, I think back, and God, I'm gonna really wave myself. Uh, in the episode of Lost, 
uh, I'm sorry, I'm a real big TV buff and comic book buff. But the you know Locke, John Locke is looking at this moth in a um, in a cocoon, and he's like, you know, I look look at the moth struggle, and the, the moth is is it's a uh, caterpillar in the cocoon struggling, and he says, you know, I could cut this cocoon open, but that it's not gonna the moth isn't gonna turn into moth, it'll die, you know. So this struggle is is necessary for it to become a moth. And I feel like that sometimes we're struggling, just like you said. It's it's we're resisting, um, you know, we're resisting this challenge in nature, and it's making us stronger. And maybe God has that in plan for us. He has that to to resist this challenge in nature, and and we'll actually become better. Like the people who are doing this do want to keep us down. That you know, I've heard one target individual. Um, he made a video saying that we were. Um, Oh, what what did he say? Influ it's something influential individuals, people who could influence others, um, and that's kind of what we're picked to kind of keep us down because we can influence people. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's going to backfire because if they would have just probably left a lot of us alone, we would have just mm-hmm. lived regular lives. But they're they're totally. going ahead. They're giving us a mission. You know, they're that's totally up. true. I I feel that personally that if they. I, you know, I thought many times I was famous for a while, and then I lived in. I tried to be private. I tried living a private life, and now I have more friends in more states in this country than I have before. We have an audience every night. You know, um, we have more purpose. We have we're more driven to overcome. And so, yeah, if they had just left us alone. We would just probably, you know, watch TV, eat potatoes just like everybody else, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> oh, we're being health conscious and energy frequency consciousness, you know, is is getting more and more prevalent and we're at the forefront of the wave, you know. So, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, totally. I mean, I just, I mean, I, I think it's just, it's ironic because it's like, you know, I think I think these people are they they're not stupid. Like the people who do this stuff, they're not stupid cognitively. Like I call them retards because you know I I think being moral is wise. It's wisdom, you know. But they're not cognitively stupid. Like the people like up at the top, the elites, they're not cognitively dumb. Um, but they're all brain. It's like they think the brain is everything. Um, they don't have much spirituality because I don't think they believe, like, in a loving force in the universe. So their brain kind of um, betrays them. Um, it's it's like they can do things with technology and, and, you know, manipulate finances and manipulate people to control them, but it backfires because if you just use the brain, um, you know, it'll it'll betray you. You, you, won't, you won't see the big picture. You have to be guided, like you have to have a rudder, which is a soul, which is a spirit. And if you have that guiding you, you can see the angle. Like you can use your intelligence and do good in the world and see where it will lead. Like these people, they they have all these plans and agendas and they're not working. They're not working the way they want because they're just using their intellect. You know, they're just using their intellect. And they they don't really, they're not guided by knowing... There is a loving force in the universe. It wants us to do good. It wants us to take care of each other. You know, their their brains have taken them to a place where they think there should be less people in the world, because like like the world would not adapt. 
You know, like the world would not adapt to too many people. Like God can't take care of that. Like we're going to overrun the world. We need people to, to play God or something. You know, God's smart enough to where if there's too many people in the world, you know, nature will fix that. The world is not going to, you know, we're not gonna, we're not going to change the world so much that it just it crumbles down, you know. So. Well, the the earth itself could change and it will cancel everybody's plans because mm-hmm. if we have a super volcano, we have an, a huge, you know, CME from the sun, a burn out all the satellites and everything. I mean, the grids could go down, the water supplies it could be nature itself that decides, you know, how it's going to be. I sometimes wish for that. I was like, man, I wish there was, like, a, a meteor shower with not, not that could, like, hurt anybody on the earth. They'd be small enough that they would just create little holes on the earth, but they'd be big enough to, like, destroy a lot of those satellites, like the satellite <laughs> system. I know. I like it when we have a blackout because it's, like, a little relief, you know. And, uh, Dude, I, I lose all this power today in my city, and I always get worried because I have all these defenses, and I sometimes think that, like, um, Brian, too, calls it remote. What does he call it? Uh, I call it remote stations, what they use. I always think that they have backup, like it's not plugged into a wall. So I always oh, backup, get, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always get worried. I'm like, oh, man, is their stuff going to be still hitting me? And then my defenses are going to go down. So, I mean. Uh, well, I've, what I've felt during recent, now this is, let's see, maybe six months ago, we had blackout. So the ground wires are not running. They're not pumping energy. But the satellites are running off of solar. So those can still work. And they can also, you know, remote tether or triangulate from other locations. So, like, mm-hmm. phase array radar can operate across, a you know, an, a larger area than maybe your town. So if your town loses power, then they can still run it off of something else. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I, I worry about. I'm like, oh, my, because, you know, I have plates and, and plugs and stuff, you know, to kind of buffer it out. Um, and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, is this, if stuff's gonna, you know, still be going, and my power's gonna be out, all my plates are gonna be off. Um, but yeah, but mm-hmm. well, maybe. it's good to be able to survive. I mean, I've had this on other calls where we talked about survival and you know, minimal lifestyle, off-grid lifestyle, if you can, you know, just to have preparations made in case. I mean. But it's just a good idea in general because we're running into hurricane seasons. Um, there are fire seasons. Sometimes you have to leave your house. So um, I actually spent five years on the road going cross country and got to practice a lot of that. Did that but help? Were you being targeted at the time? Oh, yeah. I, I left in order to find a safe place, not knowing that it was going to follow me uh, 11 states and probably a couple hundred campsites, and um, I got hit everywhere I went. The best places were between mountains. I can just tell you that for sure. Um, Uh, Yeah, I've heard that. Mm -hmm. Like, I I went to to Green Bank, um, West Virginia. I live in uh, Louisiana, and, you know, I went to Green Bank, um, and on the plane I was hitting the chest, 
and then because I heard that Green Bank uh, had no wireless, so like I got hit in the chest on the plane, and then I, I you know, got off in Riley, um, Riley, Virginia. Is that right? I'm not sure. I'm not sure where I landed, but it was about it was about a two-hour drive uh, to Green Bank. Um, and right when I got down, it was like uh, it was less than my tax were lessened. And then I like got to Green Bank, and for about a week, they were really doled down. Like the remote attacks were really doled down. And then after about a week, it picked back up again. Like they had done something, either mm-hmm. triangulated my position, or they got somebody in West Virginia um, mm-hmm. to like piggyback their signal or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, well, yeah, and they they can move off of uh, other people's, you know, TV satellite dishes or whatever. I mean, and they can bounce the signal, you know. So yeah, there's so many probably, you know, there's just so many. Like you know, it's like um, it's like uh, David was saying. You know, he's like he's like really don't know how they do it. You know, and I have. Mm-hmm. Theories that you know over the horizon radar or satellite, they move to satellite maybe when you cross in state lines or something. But it's like there's so many different delivery mechanisms: cell phone towers, drones. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that it's just like we don't. You know, it's hard to know how they're doing it. Yeah, they've got you know a whole list of ways they can recombine depending on your circumstances or your environment. You know, if you have a brick wall on this side, they'll align you on the other. They get somebody to rent a house on the down street, you know, or hire. I mean, if they can't get to you in your neighborhood, then they'll fly over you all day long, you know. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I've had all of those, you know. And, uh, and I can also tell you that open spaces are harder than spaces with rock walls or mountains because signals don't pass through mountains as easily. Well, that's a general piece of advice there. I've thought about that so hard because I live in a condo right now and I'm pretty sure I have people right above me um, because, like, I, you know, my situation is pretty, I mean, I know all of our situations are big. It's just like they always have somebody by me. Um, either doing something to my pipes, and then I think they have weapons, but I'm not sure. And I've just thought about it so hard, just like, you know, taking off my car, uh, you know, with my dog and just, just trying to go cross-country and and just seeing seeing how it would be. I even thought, that, I mean, this is how far that I would go to experiment. I was thinking either take a cruise or somehow, you know, save up for a couple of years to get a sailboat. Um, hopefully in a couple of years, you know, this will be a lot better and there will be a lot more awareness. Like hopefully in a year that that will happen. But I was like, you know, to just get a sailboat and sail around the world to different places and see, you know, how, how it is. But then, I, you know, I see Brian too, and he's gone to uh, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, um, Thailand, and it's like he's still getting hit like the hardest I've seen anybody get hit. So... Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He he does. Uh, he's trying it, but apparently there isn't any country where you're safe yet. You know, because even in Nicaragua, where he said that the the chemical weapons and the gang stalking was a little less, but he was still getting hit with DEWs, which can come from satellites or radar or somewhere else. You know, 
So mm-hmm. uh, they'll find they'll find some kind of arrangement to make you miserable. <laughs> yeah, they always do. Because I, I, I'll tell you, I've spent um, over ten thousand dollars on fences that actually work. Like I mean, I have I I I'll admit it. I have eight uh, QA personal defenders on. I didn't buy them all at one time, but I have eight of them on. You know now, and I have you know uh, I think nineteen uh, tabletop defenders. And, and um, you know, this stuff works. It does buffer it out. But this guy, you know, he's ex-Army, so he keeps on um, strengthening the signal. And it's like, yeah. if I got all this stuff, I worry. I worry that he could stop my heart or something like that. And it's like they always, it's like they have redundant systems. And, you know, um, I, I saw somebody making a video about an RF amplifier the other day. They were, they were making a, a, a YouTube video about uh, buying RF amplifiers. And like you can buy those on the internet, so it's like it's like they can buy things to amplify their signals to for their remote um, remote station um, just off of the internet. So it's like you just have to have the the main remote station, and then you can just you know put more power to it, um, or get more weapons or something like that, or get RF amplifiers, and it's like you can. And that's what my, my parents, like, I, I was like, you know, I just need one more tabletop defender, uh, knowing that it may not work. And they're like, you said that on the last one. But I was like, you know, it's not like they're setting down a box. And this box is just putting out this frequency. So if you buffer it out, that's it. These are people, you know, working on different methods to strengthen the frequency and, you know, play around with the technology. You know, it's people who are trained in, in warfare, some of them. You know, I just know, I, I know a lot of ex-military people do it. So, you know, some of these people, they're trained to kill. They're trained to use, you know, electronic warfare. Yeah. So. Well, so that's that, why you said if you, if we had an EMP or blackout that you would worry your defenses would go down. I thought you were dependent. When I heard you say that, I thought, oh, he's using some electronics to buffer it or to jam the signals. Well, mm-hmm. that's why I was suggesting, and this is not just for you, this is for anybody on the call or future listeners, that it's good to find a way to get by without electricity, if you have to. Because yeah. just, just think about the future scenario, okay? Let's say there's a country as powerful as the United States and they decide to attack us over here. What's the first thing they're going to go after? I mean, just be strategic for a moment. What are the first things they're going to go after? Communications, A, right? Transportation, B. Supplies, that's how they usually go. And if they go after communications and signals first, that is going to limit what the rest of us can do. Yeah. I kind of I wish for that. <laughs> like, I know. If, they, if they did an EMP, like, I mean, that's what um, one one religious guy made a YouTube video saying that you know, he had figured it out that the king of the north is Putin and we're um, Babylon. We're Mystery Babylon. Um, and he said that maybe Putin would, you know, set off EMP, um, you know, and just turn, shut off all of our electricity. You know, I, I don't, I mean, I know that, that would be devastating. It, it would be, it'd be worse, I think, than just stopping this program without that. But it would it would probably shut down all these people with their little remote stations in our country. You know, we would experience freedom if that happened. 
but then then it would be you know and we experience war uh from another country, so then that would you know that'd be very bad but well, that's why it would be good for you to find a way to shield yourself without depending on the electricity. Just yeah, you know? I, yeah. I mean, I know, like, I know that that's uh, the situation I'm in now. That it's like, um, if I take those down, he's built it up because of those. So I have, I've kind of built my own bad situation. Like, if I wouldn't oh, I have got, the- you built a fortress, and now you're in it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. I mean, I could I, I could do I could build like, you know, cuz I used to live in an enclosure in my house um before it actually burned down. Um but uh you know, but I mean, I, I these defenses do work. They don't work good enough. I wouldn't recommend going out and buying a bunch of tabletop defenders for $500 cuz they don't they're not strong enough. But my my whole thing with it is I'm not just defending myself. I'm seeing the theory behind these electronic buffering equipment because if you could get uh, a personal defender, make it 20 times more powerful than the ones that I have on because they're, uh, you know, 150th of the power of a, a tabletop defender. But if you got a personal defender that was times 20 the power of one of these, you would be safe. Like, it would block you because, like, two of these things go off on me sometimes and I, I will get headaches so much worse. Um, this guy actually tries, like, I'll start using the magnet. I'll, I'll have to take off, you know, my electronic equipment from my body, and he'll actually shut his equipment down to let me use the magnet so that I'll keep the personal defenders off because he knows they work. Um, so they do work in theory. It's just I have to buy so many. It's not financially feasible. Then I saw these pendants you could buy online, they were like $4,500, $4,500. Uh, James Lyko uh, sent me a link to them. Um, and they're, they're really powerful EMF protection, but they're $4,500. So it's like I have a feeling that a lot of these companies, um, they're making a lot of money, you know, off of our desperation. You know, they're, they're making these things cost like $500 or $4,500 because we're dying. You know, we're we're dying, and it's like we'll go out and buy this equipment. So, like, I'm really trying to find out in theory what works. You know, the Schumann resonance, uh, sulfagia waves. Uh, you know, uh, scalar waves that cancel their scalar waves out. Um, and if I spend a lot of money doing it, I'll still, in theory, know that this works. So, if, if we can get a better power source or a better battery, you know, than what Q wave has, if you could get something that you had to charge up with like regular batteries, you could get something really powerful that's 20 times and it's real small to put on your body. So I think even if we don't defeat gang stalking, the gang stalking program, the technology is going to be there in, in, you know, less than two years to have something small on your body that you can just charge and it, it'll, it'll, it'll put a field around your body. You know, it'll generate a field around your body. So I think there's a lot of avenues to success here. That, like, you know, Robert Duncan says that you can't defend this stuff and that it's going to go on forever. I, I don't agree with that because I've, I've experienced different. That even if we can't stop the program dead in its tracks and, and make people aware, we'll be able to get something for ourselves cheaply that builds a field around us and we can at least protect our bodies, you know. 
Because, I, I mean, I think the military or, you know, DOD already has that. You know, if they've created, like I said earlier, like this is a virus, you know, if they've created a virus, they've created a vaccine, you know? Mm-hmm. And maybe this yeah, new way they, stuff. And- they certainly have protections if they made the weapons. They prob- they have really powerful ones, though. But then again, a lot of them are going to go underground, you know? I mean, some of these operations go on from inside of mountains where they're getting protection. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I, I I agree with you on that. Yes, I mean, I, I yeah, and, like, I, I, I kind of want to try that. I've always wanted to maybe move to uh, Washington State, um, you know, Mount, uh, Mount Shasta, like, around there, um, and just see, you know, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm... I'm trying to finish out my work at, uh, like, I work at a charity in the city. I'm, like, doing horrible. Like, I'm not getting my work done because this is just, you know, the V2K and everything. And, and you know, they today I woke up, they had, like, it felt like the back of my upper spine was burnt. Um, uh-huh. you, you know, but I really do. I want to, like, kind of get done here. I'm, I have, you know, a, a little bit of disability, um, and I work with that um, and, and just you know, try different things, going to different places. But then sometimes, you know, I, I, I see people like Brian too, and he's like, you know, going everywhere. And I'm like, is that even, is that even worth it? Should I just stay on my ground and, and you know, figure out a way here? Yeah. Yeah. Is it Kyle? Mm-hmm. Is your name Kyle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, okay. I'm in Washington State, and I found that trees are really good too. I can sit out in the sun and get targeted a lot, but you know, or in the car, yeah. but and I can go up on the ridge, and I'm a lot more there. It's easier for them to get me up on the ridge. We we've got something that's called uh, sea levels to ski level in 30 minutes. You know, you can drive up into glaciers real quick, but um, it seems to be that they're a lot. It's a lot easier to target somebody up there than it is down here where the trees are big and tall. And evergreens are are good, like Sue was saying. Mountains are good, um, but anyway, if you think about Washington, if you don't mind rain, and it's cool yeah. right now. I like it's, rain, so I mean, I live in Louisiana, so we get tons of rain anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just and I also heard that that Mount Shasta is the uh, it's something like the 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 world's body chakra. It's the the chakra. It's a chakra point on the earth, so it just it has is. a lot, like a lot of good energy around there. Okay. Um, and I wanted to check that out. Like I don't, I don't know how much I believe in that, but you know, they say the pyramids is a chakra point, Mount Shasta is a chakra point, um, Stonehenge is a chakra point, and people go to these places and they feel like a good energy. You know, they feel energized. And, you know, I do believe that because of ley lines, because of how ley lines cross the earth, that there are places on the earth that, you know, you feel more energetic and it's, it's like a more natural, like a natural good energy there. So I've always wanted to go. And you know, with this, I don't I don't see why not, you know. Yeah. I spent the night at uh, Mount Shasta, but I don't remember feeling anything in particular, but I was in a hurry trying to move up here. So we'll see. That's in California. Mount Shasta's in California? It's in northern, yeah, California. Really? What's the the mountain in uh, Washington State? Well, 
one of our energy points blew. That was Mount St. Helens a while ago, you know. We've got oh, okay. Helens. We have Mount Baker now. That's up in, um, uh, actually, it's in Canada. Mount Baker is, but we can see it across from where I am. And it's beautiful. It's, it's completely white most of the time. It, they're all volcanoes. In uh, Portland, Oregon, they have Mount Hood, and then they have people, you know, all up along the coast here. I don't know why I thought Mount Shasta was in, in Washington State. I don't know how I got that wrong. It's, like, well, it's, it's in the same, you know, uh, what they call it, Ring of Fire uh, volcano, volcanic uh, rim. So it's like a, the same kind of mountain is like Ma- Mount St. Helens? Yeah, there are volcanoes around mm-hmm. here. Yeah. They're interesting. Um, I wasn't here when Mount uh, St. Helens blew, but it, it's a fascinating place. It really is. It's, anyway, I was just going to say the trees. Trees are important. Big. Yeah, it would, like, a lot of that because it's grounding and it's, it's um, you know, that would block you know, a lot of the beams, like the, the trees, because they're like, you know, their roots go into the ground, so they're grounded. So it seems like it would block a lot of that electromagnetic frequency energy. Right. That, right. that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, I really, yeah, I do, like, I, you know, I wouldn't recommend for somebody, like, because I already did it, you know, I've I've gone ahead and spent a lot of money on the electronic equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, to buffer it, and it has worked, like, in, but I've had to do it in excess. Like, you know, when it first started, you know, I got Altera whole house plugs. Um, the Altera whole house plugs, like, I would recommend to anybody because they're cheap. They're, like, $50 a piece, and they mm-hmm. do, um, they, they ground your wall. Like, your wall becomes a field against the stuff. Um, oh. So I'd probably do those. Yeah, they're really good. You can get it on Amazon for, like, 50 bucks a piece. Um, like, I would tell any target individual, definitely buy those. Like, buy two right away. Put them what by is, where you... What are they called again? Um, they're Altera Whole House Plugs. Altera is A-U-L-T-E-R-R-A. Okay. Whole, whole House Plugs. And what it does is you plug it into your outlets, and it has a the third prong grounds your wall. And it also takes the wiring and it makes it a field, like a, a hmm. basically a hundred foot field uh, that buffers a lot of these frequencies. So, like I was in my house and actually my ex girlfriend from two years ago, she believed me about it. She started researching it. And she was like, "You need to buy these plugs." Um, and I bought two of them. I put them by where I slept, and they were just hit me with that high-pitched sound, and I, you know, on some of Brian T's videos, you know how he looks when he's just, like, holding his head, you know, I was like that every night, and I bought just two plugs, and it totally buffered it out, I mean, it buffered out the V2K, it buffered out the mm-hmm. high-pitched sound, I didn't feel any pain, um, but then, like I said, you know, my attacker, he just kept beefing up the signal, he beefed up the yeah. frequency. And he just kept doing that, and then I started putting plates up against the wall right next to his house, and then we kind of had just an arms race going on, you know, with this mm-hmm. technology. Um, you know, but there were times, there were times when I grabbed two weeks of nothing, of like being in my enclosure and having the plates up against the wall, and plugs in the house, and I wouldn't hear anything. You know, no V2K, 
I wouldn't be getting hit by the ELF, the directed energy beams, um, and I wouldn't hear any high pitch sound. So at the beginning, there were points where um, I buffered everything out. But now it's like I can never buffer the V2K out. I'll always hear, even if I can't understand what they're saying, I can buffer out the high pitch sound completely. I basically don't hear that unless they get somebody right next to me with EHF emitters. Um, and then I get the, the beams. Um, the magnet therapy has been helping with the beams, like, uh, a lot. But I'll always, they'll be able to give me, like, electrical pain in my chest or my stomach, but it'll go away. It's like I'll feel pain for maybe a minute, and then it'll buffer out. So so what what's happened, like, I've done, I've done without defenses for a while, and that they'll they'll be able to hit me with those beams, and it won't stop. Like when I was at my house, they got it up to where I had a night where they were hitting me in the chest. It was the most uncomfortable feeling I've ever had. Like I could, like I wanted to jump out of my skin, and I was scared they were going to kill me in the night. Um, and I was like putting on uh, aluminum foil on my chest, like I made a chest plate of it. Um, but now with what I have, the defenses I have, it's never like that. It's like I'll get headaches. I'll feel the remote neural monitoring. They'll amp up my emotions. I'll hear the V2K. So, you know, I'll scream at the V2K sometimes in my car. But it'll never get that bad where I'm just sitting there and the beams hit me in the chest. And it's like I can't. I feel like I have to jump out of my skin. I feel like I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's never that bad anymore. You know, hey, Carl, I, do you ever go – you should go on Neil's call and tell them about that because he's very technical. And yeah, I maybe did. He can... I, I did. I went on and, and talked about the Altera whole house plugs one time, but I need yeah. I I need to go on more. And uh-huh. I have a I'm Vulcan Wolverine, so if y'all have YouTube, um, look up Vulcan Wolverine. I have 400 videos. You know. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, I've been um, doing two and a half years. Can you ago. Po- post that in the chat, or you're not on chat? Yeah, I need to get. I need to actually get in the chat because I'm on the call okay. so much. I've just been yeah. really. I kind of want to start. If you can post your links, that gets through a lot faster than people trying to, you know, figure it out and remember. Okay, can I ask you to spell it again? Because I had to plug my phone in, and now I have to twist around to get to my phone. <laughs> I finally got it. Okay. So Altera, but Altera, A U L. T E R R A, uh, whole house plugs. Whole W H O L E. Yeah, yeah, whole house like your whole house uh, plugs. I would recommend, like I would tell, like I wouldn't tell a TI to buy a Q Wave Defender. They're three hundred dollars. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say go out and buy a tabletop defender. If you had the money to spend, I'd be like, yeah, go ahead and try that. But those Altair whole house plugs. Even if you're on a, a limited budget, and I, you know, like I'm a TI who I understand, like I've had to borrow money from my parents, and I've been so lucky to have my parents. I don't know what I would would have done without them, but, um, you know, I would say go out and get two of those right away. That's something that I would. That's something I would totally recommend. And right, you say that. Where are they at? Like Home Depot, or what kind of place do you get that? Uh, no, you actually, the, Altera makes them. Um, Altera makes oh. a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of EMF protection devices, uh, but oh. you can buy them on Amazon cheaper. Like if you get them from Altera, it's seventy five dollars. If you get them from from Amazon, they're like fifty dollars. 
Okay, very good. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's like my my ex-girlfriend from like two and a half years ago, um, you know, she actually believed me. Like I was like, they're hitting me with this stuff, and <laughs> she's really smart, and she was just like, she was like, no, I believe you. You know, and, and, and she started researching it. I would have never found it. Like, I would have, I would have, you know, eventually maybe found some defenses. But she was like this. Look, I researched it, and these things you can look, it makes the wiring in the wall, it grounds it, and it'll buffer out, you know, Wi-Fi signals, really strong electromagnetic frequencies. Um, don't get the Q-Link or, or E-Link. There's E-Link plugs, too, on Amazon. Do not get those. Because they have a, it, it, they, it says that they protect for like 2,000 feet in every direction, but they're super weak. Like if you're going to get plugs, get Altera whole house plugs. So I've tried the E-Link plugs too, um, and they're just, they don't, they don't do anything. I mean, they're, I think they do do a little bit, but it's not even worth it. You know, because they're, they're the same price pretty much. I would I would recommend that. Like I know we're all in tight budget, but like it can reduce the pain so much. I mean I got the the high pitch uh, sound to go away completely at the very beginning. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I mean I've learned a lot about this. I just got a I actually just got a total shield. I I got really desperate because uh, they started hitting me in the stomach really hard. Um, and I actually bought a total shield. It's like it has two Tesla coils in it, and then it puts out, it emits the Schumann resonance. Um, so it says that it actually pulls in electromagnetic frequencies into those coils while it puts out, um, you know, it puts out the Schumann resonance. So I did, I actually, you know, because I do, I get disability and I'm working for the charity enough that I can still get my disability like really kind of grinding it. So I, I did, and I felt so bad because it was $450. I was like, oh, you know, I'll go ahead and try it. Um, I, I've just done that. Like I know other target individuals are kind of like, you know, why are you you're spending all that money? You could put it into, you know, doing activism or doing this or that. But it's like it's, it's helped. I mean, it's it's really kept me alive because I remember, I remember that night, uh, one of my worst nights, they were – just digging into my chest, and I was like listening to this song over and over again. The the song at the end of the hob, the second Hobbit, you know, I see fire. I, I don't. I mean, that's not, that's not really the point, but like it, it really like I could not get comfortable. Um, it felt like I was going to die during the night, and I was like, you know, my parents aren't going to know why I died. Is this is, does this happen to target individuals? Do their parent do they die of heart attack? And their parents just don't know about it. And I, you know, I kept getting defenses, you know, I kept, like, I get uh, tinfoil tape, um, you know, I'll get little hadron, I mean, I'm really big into that, uh, because I feel like it's a game of inches. Like, if you can gain an inch on these frequencies, they can, you know, not hurt your body, a whole, your body will feel a uh, hundred times better if you gain an inch on your defenses. Uh, that's what I found. I found it's a very, very thin line uh, between, like, blocking out of frequency and what your body, like, the pain that your body experiences from this stuff. And I think that's a, that's a big, it's a big chasm with these people who um, do this to us because, you know, the energy can't be seen. 
and, you know, they can play it off as just some Wi-Fi signal or something like that, um, and they, they don't really experience the pain, um, you know, so they can play it off to maybe people that are around them, like electrical shocks or something like that to get you out of a place or something like that, but it is not. I mean, I've experienced pain, like, in my stomach, and, you know, um, in my upper spine, like near my head, in my head especially, you know, if they, they still they can they can hurt my head really bad. Um, but like my chest and my stomach, um, you know, that I'm pretty solid there. You know, I, I just feel like they'll sometimes try and hit me there. It'll cause electrical pain and some soreness. But if I'm moving around, you know, I'm pretty good. Like, actually, I went to sleep uh, well, because we have to go to sleep, and that's when they get me the, the worst. So it's like my defenses, once I get up and moving around, my defenses work good, especially if I'm out, if I'm outside of the condo. My defenses work, my personal defenders work very good. Uh, when I sleep, um, they'll just put that beam on me in one spot, and that's where I'll, I'll wake up and just my chest will be sore you know, like it's burnt and stuff like that, like the inside of my chest is burnt, or like the back of my neck will feel like my spine has been has been kind of cooked. Um, so that's the, the main pain that I experience is, is when I'm in my sleep. Like when I wake up, they'll have done some damage to me while I'm sleeping. That's why it's good to have some physical blockage, like um, metal pan, you know, uh, copper plates, tabletops, mirrors, that kind of stuff that you can move around. Uh, you know, one of my favorite things to do, I've been doing for more than 10 years, I'll make these magnet packs. Well, it's like a tin, like a tin cover off of a, you know, a food item, maybe six inches wide, fill the whole thing with magnets, you know, going every different direction because they'll change polarities. And use that, you know, move it around if they start hitting you in the heart. I mean, they do the same things. I'm getting a lot of the same hits you are, the heart, the back, you know, the knees. And I'll move these things around depending on what their favorite hit spot is, you know, that that's where it'll be for the night if I get yeah. sleep. Those yeah. things are maybe an inch, a half an inch to, uh, hold on, an inch to a half an inch thick. Um, and... The solid, like magnets, like you know, iron-based hematite or whatever the magnetic. You can use rare earth magnets in there or whatever, you know. And you can even make these organ things. Like, um, let's say you take a, a tin from something at the store, and it has a cover, and you fill that thing with magnets and pieces of wire and shells and ceramics and buttons and all kinds of just pack that thing. And you can use that as a shield and move it around whenever you need it. Yeah, and it I, will, I think it will break up think, the, it breaks up the frequencies. That's what I wanted to say. Well I, I think that's more effective uh than a lot of these a lot of these electric things. Um now the the whole the all hair whole ass plugs are so effective um and they're cheap. Cheap effective but like what like what you're saying, I like I have copper mesh that I got. Those things are I think more effective. It's just like I, I think I'm like, man, you know, I gotta move around during the day. So I gotta get something that I can put on me. Um mm-hmm. but but oh, like yeah. what, but, 
I was just talking about when you're in your bed and you're in a in a position where you're going to be for a while, then it's good to have something three to six inches thick. You can put your copper mesh in there. You can put old telephone wire. You know, you just Is that a thing that the telephone wire absorbs it. Well, what did it do? It'll redirect it. Yeah, it'll absorb and redirect. So it's not going straight into you. It's got to go around this wire, you know. Another thing that helps is um, a ribbon cable, like from a computer. I wear those on my head a lot. It sounds like a headband, and that helps a lot. What, wait, what, what kind of cable? Like a, um, a ribbon wire, like... cable? It's uh, usually like two inches or three inches wide, and it's filled with tiny little wires, and it's insulated, but it's very flat and wide, and it looks like a big ribbon. And, okay. um, you know, wrap your head, wear it as a belt to cover your kidneys. You can wear it under your clothes. Um, that you kind of thing. What is a computer wire? It's like it's something you plug into the computer, or yeah, it's well, it, it could have been. Yeah, what I do is when I I found these things at a thrift store, I took off the end pieces, the parts that plug into the computer, and just so flatten it out. And then I actually, you know, trim the ends so they were round instead of square. And then I wrap those. I wrap them around my waist, around my head, around my neck, wherever, you know, it fits. Um, you can you can put them together, like make them longer. If you can get a few that are the same shape. Um, you can double them up if you're really getting hit hard. i got to try that because, you know, I heard somebody else talking about that, um, uh, like uh, fiber cables. Something like fiber cables. The um, he said he put them in a hat, and he said that it's like they absorbed a lot of it. So I, I gotta try that. Like I definitely yeah. gotta try. Yeah. What's nice about the ribbon cable is that it's flat. You know, if you can cover the end pieces, but you know you'll have those little pieces of copper sticking out the end. So you want to trim those so they don't scratch you. Or you can cover them with tape. You know, be you're you're crafty, so you you know figure out how to make it comfortable. But um, you know, it's just another thing, right? It's just another thing you can use. Um, another tool. It's not even a tool. It's like a material. Is um, these uh, scrub pads that you can get at Lowe's or Dollar Store? And my mother before. She died five and six, almost six years ago. She was making what she called them energy blankets, and now they're a regular part of my artillery. I have her energy blankets, which are wool blankets with fiber, uh, you know, steel wood, wool fiber rolled out in between the layers, and it's they're comfortable. You can wrap your shoulders around your back. You can cover your head, you know. You can ma- make them like, make them like pillows. You know, put them one, put one under your sheet and one over you. You know, that kind of thing. You do whatever you want with that. Cover That's your great. windows with it. Mm-hmm. She was making these, and nobody understood. So my mom was, you know, like a genius, and she was way ahead. 
Um, she was in, she was studying biomagnetism before I even knew I was targeted. She was showing me this stuff. You can magnetize your water. You can use these blankets. Oh, that sounds nice. I mean, I didn't know. I didn't know I could use those. I'm using almost all of them that I could get from her. <laughs> After she passed away, I got like so many magnets and so many, you know, these things that she was working on and the books too, the books that go with it. So cool. I, I can pass that on to you now. Yeah, I'm definitely going to try those things. Like, have you ever gotten a, um, a like a 400 pool magnet, like one of the stronger big magnets? No, um, I haven't. I've I've been using a lot of little stuff, like uh, things I got at mineral shows, you know, rock mineral shows. But I'll go I'll go to the people who specialize in uh, you know large chunky hematite. You know, that you can't even fit in your hand. I pile them back up together, and then I have, like, eight inches by three inches, you know, solid <laughs> magnets. They're not strong magnets like the like you're talking about, but um, they work pretty well. Yeah, I, I use Shungite, um, and I found that. That helps a little bit. But I tell you what, like, I, I use, I have a 400-pool magnet. I do magnet therapy while, where I'll put it, on my like eye, like on, on um, you know, I get a lot of pain on the left side of my head, and I started putting that magnet in in like my left eye, just like pressing it to the cheek and my nose and that eye over there, and it actually maybe this is I don't know, it could be my attacker messing with me, but it's been a long while, so it seems like it, you know, his trick is kind of over if he had a trick going on, but it actually affected the pain to my chest and my stomach, like putting that 400 pool magnet up to my eye. And I, I started mm-hmm. to question, I started to question whether or not I had a chip in me, but I don't think I do. I think it's just, it's like making the remote neural monitoring, the pain they can put to other parts of my body. Um, it's kind of scattering that frequency. Um, well, it's I've, all I've, connected. Don't, don't forget your entire nervous system is an electrical system. It's all connected. So if you have a pull one and one part, it's going to bring energy in from another part. And also, um, you know, there are sensors in the brain that relate to the different parts of the body, so it's going to affect it that way too. Yeah, and, and, and like I'll feel a beam like on my stomach when they're hitting me there. So I think my attacker actually goes ahead and shoots a weak beam at my stomach but then he's really doing the pain uh, through remote neural monitoring. Like, so my stomach will cramp up and it'll feel like I'm, my, in my insides are burning. Um, but I think he's actually doing that through remote neural monitoring, but sending like a little weak beam so it tricks me. I'm like, oh, this beam is going in my stomach and, you know, like cooking my insides. It feels like it's cooking my insides. Um, but I think it's actually a trick. Like, he's doing that through remote neural monitoring. Uh-huh. Well, he's trying to divert your attention from one spot to another. Yeah. But, yeah. no, the other thing is my I had a theory that when I get hit a lot of times, it's two places at once, like the same. And I don't think you just have one attacker, by the way. But here, so let's say I get somebody shoots me on the toe and then I get another one on my right hip. Well, it's probably the same people, but they're creating a circuit. So one's going in, one's coming out.
All right. Well, uh, I guess they didn't want me to say that. <laughs> oh, you always—I always know when they don't want me to talk about something. Okay, come back, Louisiana, Central Michigan. Was that my phone? I—I don't know where it came from. They—they uh, they usually will do something if I say something important. Okay, Wait. Michigan and Louisiana, you're both unmuted. Um, I'll mute myself. Like, I didn't no, make no, that. You, no, you're fine. You didn't do it. I'm pretty sure it was something that I shared that they didn't want me to share. Oh, it was in, what, what, what was the last thing you said? Okay, let me tell you again. Because I, I had stepped away from the computer. All right, let's see who this is. Oh, the circuit. You're talking about they shoot I was you. saying they usually shoot two spots at the same time. They could use it as a diversion, but I think as far as the electrical theory goes, they want two spots so they can have one intake and one outtake. Look, one is transmitting, one is receiving. Huh. And then I they know. use the use the nervous system as the conduit circuit. I've never thought about it. That makes a lot of sense, though, because I, I will, uh, like, a lot of times I'll have, you know, two points in my head. Like, it'll feel like there's two external beams to both sides of my head, but maybe what you're saying, you know, shooting it in one side of my head, and it's, like, receiving the other side, like a yeah. circle. Well, that makes a lot more sense than actually two separate external beams hitting me in both sides. Wow. Uh, I never thought so. Yeah. Um, I think that, that, well, that's what it looks like to me. Now, I, I think they could also try to distract you with one while they're pulling energy and data off another side, you know, um, cause you pain on one side and receive the data, you know what I mean? Um, they can also triangulate to another uh, analyst, you know what I'm saying? So there's a whole lot of different directions I could go in. Uh, I have a, thank- I have a question for you. Like I experience like I've never been able to figure this out, and I'm pretty smart about this stuff. Like on the receiving end of it, but I'll go to sleep and I'll be laying on my head. Um, like I'll be say I'm like laying on the right side of my head, um, and I'll start hearing the high pitch sound and pain under the right side of my. head. Like how, like I, I, I kind of picture that they're shooting something at the floor, or like at that that level. But it's like it'll, it seems like something shooting inside of my head, and head's pointed towards the floor. So I've never been able to figure that out. How they would get that, like under my head. Um, how do they get this? How do they get the signal where you sense it under your head? Well, well, like, how would they get that angle um, if they're, like, mm-hmm. shooting down? Like, I don't see how they would, because it feels like it's, like, piercing the side of my head that's on my pillow. Like, it'll yeah. feel like there's a high-pitched sound, and it'll feel like there's also a beam, like, piercing the side of my head. Yeah, uh, I know. Okay. What I think is... What they're doing is they'll they usually mark the spot sometime because they're planning on an operation on you, right? And then you lay down, but 
they've already got you marked, you know, so the signal is already repeating on that part. So whether, no matter which way you turn your head, the signal is going to go through your bone and through your brain. It's just going to oh, go right through it's gonna it's gonna resonate on the on the bones like in your jaw and around your ears. Wherever like they mark you, wherever they mark you, it's like these are almost like temporary RFID chips, but they're just energy signatures. So um, they mark you with a signature. They're repeated off of some towers or whatever, and they keep that going. You know, they'll lighten it up so you don't notice it, and then they'll slam it later and repeat. But it goes through everything. It goes through everything. It'll go through the walls. It goes through the the floor, the ceiling, whichever angle they want. That makes a lot of sense because, like, I've, the magnet thing, I was like, man, I think I have a chip. But if what you're saying is, like, they're making little temporary spots that act like that, and then I'm using the magnet and it's kind of demagnetizing this spot so that it's really causing a lot of you know, a lot of the pain to decrease. Uh, that's, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, not yeah. awesome. It's not awesome because none of this is really awesome, but um, it's it's always good to fit, to figure out new information about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Also, I forget yeah, um, what kind of energy wave it is, but um, I remember reading about when they're directing this stuff at you. It might be um, It might be radar it can wrap around to the other side of your body. So maybe they're sending it through your window from the outside, and it's hitting, you've got your back turned to the window, and it's hitting your front belly because it wraps itself around. It can do full 360-degree turns and get right to that area where it's targeting. But I like Sue's definition of it better because it makes a lot more sense have yeah, now an awareness that that area was marked beforehand to receive your signal. Yeah. I always knew, like, I know I know about over-the-horizon radar. Like, I watched Nick Begich, but I always thought they could hit at a very parallel angle, but I didn't know that it could, like, take a turn, like, take a total, you know, 180-degree turn and hit you. Like, that kind of changes my view because, like, I'll... I'll be in my condo, and I'll I will I'll be like that. I'll be turned to the extreme area, and I'll be getting hit in the stomach. And I'm like, man, I'm moving here. Somebody in the condo, they have ground weapons, but like that, that makes a lot more sense with how they're doing it. Yeah, really good information. Well. Um, listen, people, it's a quarter to one over here. It's probably really late on the East Coast. And um, I'm pretty tired myself. I enjoy talking with you all. And um, great exchange. I'm sorry, Tennessee, I muted you because there was some noise there. But you want to say something before I close out? I'm going to give it a few more minutes. I was just... Uh, was just saying, whoops. Thank you, Sue. Thanks for the call. Like, thanks for extending it. Yeah, sure. Um, any last-minute words before uh, a couple of people? <laughs> that was quick. Um, I appreciate you all being there and, you know, the intelligence, the creativity, um, 
the love that was shared. It's all real good. And uh, I hope we can do it again sometime. Yeah, it was a great Let's call. Thank you for having it. And uh, good night. Okay. Yeah, good night. Have a good night. And good night to you. Okay, good night. Okay, people. Um, blessings. Keep the faith. And uh, hope we'll see you soon. Thanks, Lonnie, for your insight also. Your biblical insight. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.